This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN. Welcome back to another episode of Sporting Max brought to you by Bastion GRP for all your specialist needs in recruiting, engineering and defence. Go to bastiongrp.com today on the show. Once again, we have the two-time championship winning man from the Sydney Kings, Sean Bruce. It's great to have you on, Brucey. How are you? I'm great, thank you. And my pleasure. How you doing? Yeah, really well, thank you. Now, I want to get into, obviously, pre-season. There's a lot of new faces at the club. How's it all looking from your point of view? Yeah, it's looking good. We've obviously had a few changes here and there, new coach and stuff. But um, yeah, having Jalen returns great, and and DJ, who's familiar with the league as well, obviously helps. But yeah, the new faces, uh, it's good to have around, and there's new energy, and it's yeah, it's fun to be a part of. So to lose Xavier Cooks, and obviously Jonah Bolden comes in. How are you seeing him fitting into? the side so far obviously hasn't played a game I guess since the Phoenix Suns in 2020 yeah um no Jonah's been great obviously he hasn't played for a couple of years but throughout preseason so far just seems extremely hungry and mm-hmm. like he just wants to fit in and help any way he can which is really cool for someone with the status that he has and the level that he's played at he's really just in some ways, finding his feet, but he's doing all the little things that are going to help us be good as well, which is really cool. What have you made of the new head coach? First impressions? Uh, just high energy. Um, yeah, typical coach from the United States, high energy. Um, <laughs> but nah, has has a lot of knowledge um, and, yeah, very detailed as well. So just getting down everything he wants has um, been a challenge, but something we're becoming more familiar with. What's the biggest difference between his coaching style and Chase Buford's? Um, I think the biggest thing is just he does things slightly different. Um, it's not like um, sets-wise and things like that. We're not going to do things too differently, but just his terminology and the details that he wants things done with are just slightly different. So it's about breaking maybe some old habits we had with Chase or how Chase liked to do things and just slightly putting his little twist on it. Absolutely. So we're not going to see a different style of play or anything like that from the City Kings this year? Oh, it'll have its own look to it and it'll be a little bit different, but I think the base of it all will be quite similar, getting out and playing with a lot of pace and, and being really good defensively. So I think, yeah, I mean, every team's trying to do that, but it's something we've been able to do over the last few years and it's been a big part of our success. So we'll try to keep that around for sure. NBL 22 MVP Jalen Adams comes back to the league with the Sydney Kings. There were some rumours for a bit that he could be signing with Adelaide or potentially Melbourne United. And then you obviously add someone like Denzel Valentine uh, to the squad. How do you feel yourself, I guess, fitting into that point guard rotation? Um, I think just like any year, any, any way I can, any way I can support those guys is something that I've kind of hung my hat on. Um, I realise the job they're here to do is to play big minutes and um, have a big role. And I guess any way I can support that from my role from the bench, I'll try to do and, um, yeah, just pick up things that maybe can help them or help the team that in my time I can um, do that, whether it's for short stints or longer stints, it doesn't really matter. Now, I've heard a lot of people recently have been referring to yourself as veteran 
uh, Sean Bruce. How do you feel about uh, about that? Yeah, come around quick. I know when I first got to the Kings, I was, I think, the second or third youngest. Yeah. Um, and that was only three or four years ago. And it's quickly <laughs> changed. To... Now we have a super young team and I've quickly shifted to, I think, our oldest guy in terms of age wow. and maybe playing experience as well. So it's happened pretty quick, but um, it's exciting. We've got so much young talent that's all going to contribute and it's really cool to be a part of and the environment that we have, it's just exciting. Like every everyone's coming in to prove a point and um, I think that's what keeps propelling the Kings forward is getting younger guys that are really hungry and it's, and it's good to be a part of. Now, I want to get into last season and a, a bit of a wrap and review. Can you talk us through, obviously it was a massive look and there were a couple of different, I guess, not worries, but points of view. Obviously, no Jalen Adams. No one, no one was 100% sure quite what Derek Walton was going to bring to this side and how he was going to work alongside Xavier Cooks. Yeah, I guess there were a few questions, but there were questions the year before when we first got Jalen and we had a new mm-hmm. roster that year as well. So there's always going to be that kind of stuff. I think that's where the credit's got to go to what Chase did for us was he, he put us all in positions to for us mm-hmm. to be successful. And I've got no doubt that uh, Mark Mood will do the same this year. And um, that's just by identifying roles and making sure that guys stick to them and we get that from our coaches and they've been really good for us. He's going to go down as one of the greatest NBL coaches of all time. Chase Buford, obviously, in the league, two seasons, two championships with you guys uh, at the Sydney Kings. Can you talk us through his mentality and I guess how that fluctuated through to the group? Yeah, I think the biggest thing with Chase was just his competitiveness. Was mm-hmm. We all saw it on game nights, but that's how he is every day and every day drove us at practice was just to compete and, and be tough. And um, yeah, I think that was a big thing for us. We, there were no light days or days off where we weren't getting after one another. And mm-hmm. sometimes our practices would be somewhat harder than games because we'd get after it so hard. So that was a big thing with Chase and something I took with him, took from him was just the energy that he, he coached with, but how he wanted to drive us to, yeah, compete with one another was really fun. Were there any tussles at training throughout the year with that high-competitive environment? All the time, yeah. <laughs> nah, it's just all a part of it. Um, yeah, it's not in any bad nature or anything like that. It's just guys competing and games can get physical like you see on game nights. So there's no question that happens at training sometimes. He's won the first seven games uh, of the season in a row. Can you talk us through what that – I guess, and how important it is to get a fast start and a good start to the season. Yeah, it, it was all, it's always nice. Um, obviously got off to that start last year, but it was something that we probably didn't predict. It was like getting through the blitz last year. We weren't really playing that well, but then yeah. one thing led to another throughout that first part of the season and it went really well. So it's hard to put a finger on kind of – how do you get that to happen? You kind of just got to take it. Is there a big change or anything within the group? Oh, I think it was just, no, we just prepared for each game and prepared well. And that was the thing, just taking it one game at a time and and not looking too far ahead or really worrying what your record is in that part of the year is a big thing, I think. It's just about every team's getting better at that stage. No one's really at a grand final level. Um, And that's how we kind of, I think, went about it last year. It was just, 
let's keep getting better and results will take care of themselves. So you hit the game winner in the freeway series against the Illawarra Hawks with 2.5 seconds left on the clock. Can you talk us through those moments and what that was like? Yeah, it was unreal. Um, yeah, obviously the play or anything like that wasn't really drawn up for me. It was just, it was, it was quite set a screen for me and Angus just saw that I was open and that situation, you kind of just take what's in front of you and Angus did a great job of that finding me. But um, yeah, I guess the aftermath of it all, it all went a little crazy and not really used to my phone and social media going kind of berserk. So that was cool to be a part of and an experience. Um, I'm glad it doesn't happen to me too often, being the player <laughs> I am. But um, no, I got a taste for it and that was all cool. Absolutely. Now the celebration, the little sleep time celebration. Can you talk us through that? <laughs> I can, yeah. No, I was just, I don't know. That just came out in the moment. Um, something, I think, in shooting drills at training, I'm always being an idiot, carrying on doing something. And I think a couple of weeks leading up to that, I was starting to do the Steph celebration a little bit, just messing yeah. around with guys at practice. And it <laughs> must have been in my subconscious. It was right there. And and pulled it out, which was cool. It was a lightning struck twice against, and that's how Jack Hebron called it from a commentary point of view. Obviously, he had the pass, I guess, I think it was two weeks earlier against Cairns for quite annoying to hit that game winner. Can you talk us through that too? And I guess how you were put in a similar, similar situation to quite two weeks later. Yeah, it's incredible that just back-to-back games like that, that yeah. kind of ending could happen. It was pretty cool for our fans to experience. But um. Yeah, it was just something, the situation we were in, and we both got to experience that one after the other. But, um, yeah, it was just, I think what it said about us at the time was just our belief in a group and Mm -hmm. as a group and just continuing to play and keep belief. I think sometimes when you're down in those situations, you can start to worry about results and whatnot. But the confidence that I guess Quad had and what I had was, a testament to our team that we had two bench guys hitting game winners at that time of the season. It was pretty cool. So when you hit peak form, I guess, in the season, you want to hit that coming into playoffs. And I guess consistency was a key for you guys last year. Yeah, it was. And I think we kind of stumbled towards the kind of end of the regular season, which wasn't ideal. Um, You didn't really drop too many games before that. Yeah, we didn't. Um, and I think wrapping up the playoffs and even top spot, we wrapped that up pretty early, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a tough situation to be in where you want to keep playing well and playing hard, but you also got the opportunity to maybe rest some guys or if guys have niggles, obviously mm-hmm. you want to get those right as well. So we had that opportunity and the club did that. So there were some games we dropped later in the year, which um, is all just a part of it, but there's obviously that balance as well. You want to be playing your best basketball as well. Do you feel the Sydney Kings can go a three-peak this year? Uh, I think it's looking very promising uh, at this point in time. Yeah, absolutely. I think we come into every season believing that, um, regardless of what we've done the last couple of years. Um, We know playing for the Sydney Kings, we're here to win championships. So we definitely believe that and want to be a part of that again. Talk us through the first playoff series against the Cairns Taipans and obviously you've got DJ Hogue coming to the Kings now. There might be a bit of a bit of fire and ice there. 
Yeah, no, nah, DJ's been great. He's come and fit in. But, um, yeah, that was an extremely tough series um, for that to go to three games. They were – they come out publicly and said they were matched up kind of to beat us and that's mm-hmm. how they built their roster and whatnot. And you could tell playing against them it was a really tough matchup and mm-hmm. and that's what they were doing. But, um, no, nah, DJ was great. It was one of those things that, like, last season we always have conversations like, if you could get one other guy from another team, I think one of the first people I'd always say is DJ. So mm-hmm. it's cool to um now have him in purple and playing for the Kings, and I think he'll be great for us. He's he's fit in seamlessly, and and he'll be really good for us. So is it right in saying that the Kings and the Taipans were both on the same plane? I think it was coming back to Sydney after Game Two. Yeah, we were. That's happened a few times across my career with playoff games and happened to be in the other city within two days is obviously going to Cairns there's not tons of flights so we're both on the same flight to Cairns I believe and then coming back to Sydney for game three did you know that I think so or did you just rock up and see the Cairns players yeah it's not something you're really worried about or know of or focused on but yeah once you get to the terminal and you're both checking in it's pretty funny to be a part of and then you get on the plane and there's guys sitting a couple of rows away from you it's pretty funny and yeah, the same thing happened when we played New Zealand. Actually, we'd play yeah. them, jump on the plane, and we're both on the same flight to New Zealand, which is nuts, but just is what it is. Especially in a grand final series, isn't it? I mean, there would have been, I guess, guys kind of zone out on the plane and are in their own space, though. Yeah, they were. I remember the funny thing was, was like the coaches. That's when they do all their work, cutting up film mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and. I don't think either coaching staff could really do it because you're worried about kind of who's looking over your shoulder or something like that, (laughs) which you never have that worry about before. But I think, who did I sit? I was actually sitting next to Keanu Pinder. We had an exit row and Keanu wasn't playing, but like, yeah, I'm sitting shoulder to shoulder with a Cairns player, which is just, yeah, it's a crazy situation considering you're going to play against them the next day. (laughs) Now, so we've got to clear clear the air. Who is the best trash talker in the league? It's come down to yourself for Ben Air, and that was on full display. And I think it was game two. <laughs> Who's the best? It's funny. Ben, I think, said to me during a game once, like, oh, I heard you're the best trash talker. I want that title. So yeah. I don't want to give it to him just because he said that. Um, yeah. But no, nah, I wouldn't know. There's a lot of guys that talk. It's just all a part of it. I wouldn't say there's a best or a worst. It's just what happens out there. Ben does quite a bit of it, but it's all fun and games. He's he's a competitor and it's awesome. DJ Vasiljevic has said that you are the best and biggest trash talker in the league. He said at training you can get inside the minds um, of all the guys. I try my best, mate, whatever we can do to keep the keep the juices up as high as we can, but nah, it's all in fun and just love competing and I think it's a part of it. Staying refreshed throughout the season, is there any different approaches um that come within training uh, and I guess outside of training to help keep you energized and I guess locked in? Um yeah, you're always looking for stuff, I think, to just get away from the game a bit. Um Last 12 months or so, I've started to play a lot more golf. So that's something I want to try to keep up throughout this season. I've really enjoyed it. So have you got trying a to get out as much as I can. I actually just have got my handicap. I'm I'm at the start of my journey. So it's yeah. not real flash, but um, 
yeah, looking forward to getting that down as, as low as I can and seeing how I go. Is there anyone who you'd love to play with or you'd love to take on? Oh, I don't know. In terms of like NBL guys, I don't really know who else is getting out there. I know a few of the Melbourne boys that I've played mm-hmm. with before, Ruben and Shea, they play a lot. So it'd be good to get out for a uh, game with those boys at some stage. The, their banter would be, be up there, I reckon. They're, they're pretty funny lads. Yeah. Now, how do you view, obviously, Ruben Tarangi, he was a star and it kind of came out of nowhere for the Tall Blacks through the World Cup. Yeah, he was awesome. And it's, yeah, it comes out of nowhere, I think, for people that may not see Rubes. But I've, I know I played with him in Brisbane and that kind of stuff he's more than capable of doing. Obviously, he's got a role with the Phoenix and he does a great job at that role. But more opportunity for some guys is all they need. And obviously, yeah. Rubes gets that with the Tall Blacks. And it was awesome to see him do his thing throughout that tournament. I was cheering for him. Start of the grand final series, was there anything you particularly tried to exploit against the New Zealand Breakers? Oh, was, yeah, lots of stuff. It was like they obviously wanted to be physical and slow the game down and we wanted as many possessions as possible and to get pace and speed into the game. So it was a little bit of a, a battle between two polar opposites in some regards that we wanted to play fast, they wanted to play slow, so... That was the biggest thing, just finding pace in the game and playing the way we'd played all season. I remember that was kind of the big part of how we prepared to play them. So when can you talk us through the moments where you knew you'd won it against New Zealand and you were going back to back? Oh, honestly, that until that buzzer went off, I had not like that was a scary series in terms of like just we we had no clue. Like it was such a tough series. I think Zave made a play maybe late in the game, defensive play, like he got a block and that's when I felt a bit better. I think it was like a minute and a half to go. But mm-hmm. up until that point, it was stressful. Like obviously the series before that, our first championship, we play the jack jumpers, it's 3-0. Like that felt hard at the time, but going yeah. to a game five and being in the a series where you win one, lose one, whatever it is, win a couple – losing like there's so much preparation and yeah you, you're not getting much sleep throughout that whole time just yeah. you're you're on edge throughout that whole period so that breaker series was definitely different and definitely didn't feel comfortable at any stage you, you you're on edge to play as well as you can and prepare as well as you can the talking point was obviously angus glover i think he had a broken rib he was phenomenal he took flight had a couple of dunks and he was making shots from just everywhere he was an absolute warrior he was. He was unreal. Made some huge plays in game five that I think got mentioned a lot and he had his had his rib complaint, but yeah. he was great all series, to be honest. I think um, played himself into a lot of minutes in that game five, but he was rock solid throughout our whole final series, which was awesome to see. How are you feeling this year about, I guess, some of the predictions, Jalen Adams comes back into the side. Do you feel he can back up his performance from... NBL 22 and I guess gel with this group once again? Oh, for sure. I think if anything, he's only going to be better just with the experience he's had. Um, He knows this league. Um, Just throughout this last month, we've been around each other. I think he's really locked in and yeah, I've got no doubt that he's going to be 
Jalen we saw before, if not better. I'm not going to put pressure on him, but he doesn't need it. He puts a lot of pressure on himself. But, um, no, nah, I'm loving what he's bringing to our team, and I think he's going to be great for sure. First game of the Blitz, he's come up against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, who obviously have some great additions to their side this year, and getting Gary Brown back is obviously a bonus. How are you? How do you feel you guys are matched up against them? Yeah, good. It'll be a good preseason test. They've got a new coach, so we'll wait and see how different they look. They've obviously had Simon there for a few years and um, kind of got used to his style of play, but Mike will bring something different um, in terms of their team. They're a really good team again, so they're the teams you want to play throughout the preseason and kind of see where you're at. Um, yeah, the Blitz is a funny one. You're going to feel everything out, and I'm sure coaches will experiment with a lot of stuff, but It'll be good to play some games and, and go against three good teams up there. Is it something that you're weary of because you don't want to show too much of what you got too early? Oh, I don't think it's a too much about showing off too much. I think it's just a great chance to try some things out and see how your old team's looking. Like Teams are going to play probably all 12, 13 guys experiment with some lineups so teams are just figuring it out more so than trying to show too much i think they're yeah more experimenting than trying to hold things back first game is of course the freeway series against the illawarra hawks could we see potentially another buzzer beater there oh mate if it comes down to it sure but hopefully it doesn't need that situation if there's Um, a huddle and there's let's say Five seconds left of the game, or let's say it's two point five seconds again. Are you putting your hand up for that shot or that play with Angus? <laughs> Always, but um, we've got coaches that are really good at their jobs, and, and they'll make up their mind at that point. But nah, as a competitor, you always want to be in those situations, whether it's making the shot or just being on the floor, being a part of the play. It's it's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk us through how your body's feeling? heading into this season or do you have any niggles or anything like that at the moment or are you feeling in tip-top shape? Yeah, no, I'm feeling great. Um, Had the NBL one North season up in Queensland and kind of kept my body moving and staying in shape from last year. So, no, I'm feeling really good and hopefully can have another touch wood injury-free season and um, make another run at it. Now, there's a lot of eyes on massive next star Alex Tui. He's been doing... A lot of work in the off-season. Have you had a chance to get to know him or train with him yet? Yeah, absolutely. We're um, yeah, building a good relationship. Um, Tui's awesome. He's, yeah, I think, like, for a young guy, he's one of our hardest workers. And for him to come in as a next star and be that, it's so cool. Um, he's just got a great head on his shoulders. Um, I think he's really mature beyond his age, 18 or 19, whatever it is. And um, he's got a super bright future. So I'm really excited for him. Just needs to work on his golf game a little bit, but we'll get there. <laughs> have you beat him in golf? Yeah, I have. <laughs> Comfortably or? No, we had, a, we had a good battle one day, but um, yeah, snuck over the line. So it's four or five guys getting introduced to the roster this year, including Watch, Malawatch, obviously Denzel Valentine, Jackson McCoy, um, and Clarice Amir. How do you feel about, I guess, the chemistry of the group and has there been any team camps heading into the season? 
No camps, no, nah, but obviously we've been together for maybe three, four weeks now as a full group and um, we'll use that and come up to the Blitz for five days, which will be great to bond. But no, nah, all the new guys are fit in seamlessly. I think what the club's done a great job of is bringing in really good people and we've got that with Denzel and McQuatch and Claris, the new guys that are, that are in as well. There's Alex, um, DJ, like they're all great guys and, and that's half the battle with building a team and chemistry is having good people around. So we're really lucky to have them. You were the poster boy for Media Day, I saw, for the Kings. What was that like? I guess you're the face of the franchise now. Oh, I'm far from that, Max. But um, <laughs> no, I think I was available on the day and they called me in. But uh, no, it's, yeah, it's good to have been around Sydney for a few years now and just be a part of a great organisation. Absolutely. Sean, thanks so much for joining us uh, on the show and best of luck for the season ahead. Good on you, Max. Thanks. Thanks, Sean. Stay tuned, everyone, for some more Sporting Max. We'll see you soon. This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEM.